So I am a huge baby when it comes to getting sick. Anybody else? Yeah? Yeah, okay. Um, you can ask my wife. I am, uh, yeah, I'm just a big baby. And uh, you've never heard a pastor say this before, but here it goes. My hangy ball is swollen. Um, I know it's got another name, but I don't want to use it because it's a weird name. Um, so like, I cannot actually clear my throat. So if I sound like nasally and congested, it, it is, and it's driving me crazy, but I can't do anything about it. Um, so if you have your Bibles, go to Luke 8 is where we're going to be. Um, Luke chapter 8 tonight. I'll try to make it short and sweet. Um, this is actually the longest I've stood up today. So if I go to like pass out or something, just let me fall because you cannot catch me, I promise you. Big tree falls hard. Before we get into it, let me um, kind of roll out some big news for the life of the church that we're going to start gravitating towards. Um, a lot of things has lined up in the past couple weeks, um, to even taking a step back uh, the past couple years, ever, ever since we've existed. Um, I don't know if our vision was always to stay at a Sunday night location. Um, we wanted to get to Sunday mornings. Uh, statistically, um, people will show up more Sunday mornings at 11. And so we just kind of kept that in the back. We were trying to reach college students. So we're like, well, that will be good one day. Uh, but here lately, we've been ga- adding a lot of families. Uh, as you can tell, uh, all the college students are on spring break, and we still have a decent turnout. Um, so partly that's just Margie bringing her crew. But um <laughs> So we were trying to gravitate more towards families, more towards sustainability. And um, so we've been praying. We looked, uh, Caleb, how many places do you think you called? Yeah, I literally, like, th- he- here's where it got to. The last consideration was um, a funeral home. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not lying. We literally considered everything. We're like, well, I guess I don't do funerals in, on Sunday mornings. What if we did that? And, uh, we actually thought about it. Like, I can't say that was just, oh, that's a dumb idea. No, like, we really considered it for a couple days. And then we realized it was a dumb idea. And so um, there's kind of been one, uh, you ever heard of Occam's Razor? Just like the obvious answer is normally the right one. Um, there's been one obvious answer that we've never really considered, which would be the gym here at the Parks and Rec. Uh, there's another church that meets, if you were to close this accordion wall, um, there's another church that meets on that side on Sunday mornings at 1030. And so we didn't want to disrupt them or anything, but um, that it was never an option for us because that other church. So I was paying rent for Parks and Rec uh, a couple weeks ago and said, hey, what would be, um, would you guys consider letting us use rent the gym on Sunday mornings? And she's like, yeah, sure. When do you want to start? That, that that fast? And she's like, yeah, well, let me go ask the director. And so he came in and said, yeah, sure, when do you want to start? Um, and so there's a couple, like, we're going to have to buy a gym floor cover, and there's a couple little hurdles, but, but all in all, God just opened the doors really quickly. So we started praying, like, okay, when, when would we do this? And so um, we're going to launch, we're going to have a preview service, if you will. It's going to be a normal service, but if things fall apart, it's not our fault. Um, on uh, April 9th. And then we're officially going to make the move on April 16th, which is Easter. Um, so April 9th is when we'll shift over. So there'll be nothing the evening of the 9th. And then April 16th, from then on out, that'll be Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Um, it's a little earlier, but we're trying to stagger with the other church and try to be respectful of those guys. So Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Now, here's what I know. One, this is really, really exciting. Um, two, we know that a lot of people have joined on with us because of the fact of Sunday night services. And they love it and they appreciate it, and, and we did too for a season. Um, it's That season has ended, and, and there was a lot of time and prayer and consideration going into, do we actually make the move over? Um, and so that has taken place. Um, so I know that like with any shift of a church, with any building move, with any anything, um, some people are going to fall off, and I really pray that doesn't happen, but uh, I understand if Sunday night was the pull, 
um, then that we're not going to be able to fulfill that. The other part of it is um, we're going to launch on Easter. I say launch. It's not really a launch. It's just a new service time. But we're going to move, but we're going to do it in branch fashion. So uh, I I'm not condoning any of this. This just isn't our DNA. We're not going to send out a mailer. We're not going to uh, go knock on doors and hand out uh, like anything. Um, we are going to grow. We're going to have people come to this Easter service by you guys inviting people. One of our core convictions as a church um, is to equip the saints, equip you guys for the work of the ministry. Um, so we don't want to shortchange that by doing the work for you. We want you guys to do it. So go ahead and start telling people. Go ahead and start making announcements um, that we're going to move to Sunday mornings, 10 a.m. on April 16th. I think we've got a couple baptism lines up. Uh, if you're interested in baptism, let me know. Um, so that's just kind of the latest. Well, I'll talk, do this whole talk again next week um, when all the college students are back. And I think next week we'll probably do a little quick Q&A just to make sure everyone's on the same page. Um, but does anybody have any questions before we go into the, into the sermon? Any thoughts? Yes, Marty. Are, uh, well, yeah, so um, great question. <laughs> Uh, Margie and I have talked about before, one of the things that we've often considered, and um, I just had a quick conversation with Margie at Starbucks, and that was kind of the like, kick in the pants that we needed. Uh, one thing that would benefit us um, potentially would be having some kind of bus ministry where we could bring people into the gathering that would have no other way to get here. Um, and so it's, it's been discussed, but we haven't really started moving in that direction yet. So hopefully one day. Maybe, we'll see. Anything else? Cool. It's right there. It's like if you if you come out and then take a right, you'll run right into it. So, yeah, it's like literally right there. Cool. All right, Luke chapter 8 is where we're going to be. Um, does anybody have in your family, like, just people that are really hard of hearing? Y'all have those people? What? Yeah, good one. Uh, and so last night we had, it's actually our Christmas party, which is a little ridiculous, but uh, our Christmas party in March because we're all so busy. And my family, man, like my two uncles can't hear a thing. And so uh, our house quickly gets into a yelling zone back and forth. And even there, they can't hear each other. But we all started reminiscing and joking because my grandpa, who passed away a couple years ago, um, had the same issue, could not hear, had hearing aids, but never actually wore them in true old people fashion. And when he did, they didn't work. It was just, it was a mess. So what my grandpa would do was when everyone in the room would start laughing, he would just start laughing. And he kind of had a big belly, so it was just kind of bouncing, and everyone would have a good time. Uh, but without being able to hear, when everyone quit laughing, he would turn to ask the person next to you, uh, what they say? But he couldn't hear, so it was always way louder than he intended it to be. It was supposed to be secret, but it would always go, what did they say? And then we would all start laughing and get at him because he couldn't hear what the joke was. Uh, it's not funny anymore because I've started doing it to my wife, which is not good. Um, and so the idea of hearing, though, is just where we're going to dive in with this text because uh, there's two types of hearing. There's literally like hearing loss where you have no idea what you're saying or what people are saying. Uh, but there's also a selective hearing. Uh, any wives want to testify about their husbands on that one? Right, right? Or it just boys in general, Allison, just all of them. Um, so one of the things we do in premarital counseling because it was done to us um, was like we had to grab our partner's face in a nonviolent way, but grab our partner's face and say, here's what I hear you say and repeat back to them what they had told us, um, which sounds trivial, but you should really try it sometime um, because it cl cl corrects, excuse me, the hanging ball kind of got stuck on my roof. Um, 
corrects, uh, you didn't care, but I had to say it. It corrects uh, false tone. Um, so I might have used a harsh tone towards my wife I didn't intend to. And so when she grabs my face and says, what I hear you say is you're angry about this, I can say, no, I wasn't angry. I was just, uh, the, the tone didn't mean that way. Um, or it can internalize, like what I heard you say was you want me to take the trash to the road. And so it helps internalize for us what we're saying. And so tonight we really want to dive into Luke 8. Uh, specifically, Luke 8.18 is going to be the main focal, vo- focal verse um, for the night. And I'll read this and then we'll pray and we'll talk about the story. Take care then how you hear. So just a quick take care then how you hear is what we want to focus on uh, because there, what we'll see through scripture uh, is there's a lot of ways we've been hearing wrongly. And you're going to say, no, 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 like there's only one way to hear. You either hear or you don't hear. Uh, I would challenge that argument. Uh, come ride in our minivan with us when all four kids are screaming. I'm trying to hear the best I can. And I can literally hear my wife's voice, uh, but comprehension in that moment does not take place. Does that make sense? Anyone else, you've been in seasons where I hear you talking, but just put a pin in that because whatever's going on in my life, I can't actually focus on the words that you're saying. So let's just stop and, and pick that up in a little bit. Um, for us, what we're going to see through Scripture is I think a lot of us hear and see Scripture, but we don't actually hear it. And we want to get to the root of that. Um, so does anyone want to read for us tonight? I just don't know if I want to get all the way through it. You got it? Uh, so Carlton, if you will do uh, 4 through 18. Yes. Thanks, Dan. Let's pray. Jesus, would we hear you tonight? Father, as we open your word, as we study together, God, would you make it clear for us what you are trying to teach us? Father, wherever there's distractions and temptations and struggles, Father, would you quickly get rid of those for us so that we can understand uh, your voice and how you're speaking to us? 
It's your name that we pray. Amen. <clears throat> now, just quickly, how many people have actually heard this story taught before? Um, it, it can be kind of, a, if you have any church background, it can be a pretty familiar story. Um, and what it is is a parable, meaning it's an s- illustrative story. So it's a story that may or may not have been true, but it helps to prove a point. Um, kind of like word pictures. I think a lot of people learn well this way. Uh, I know I learn well this way. Um, and so, what we're, like I said, what we're focusing on tonight is verse 18. Uh, take care then how you hear. Um, Romans 10, 17 says this. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we have to stop and understand hearing is a really, really big deal. Um, but we all have to stop and say, okay, hearing can be rather difficult in different times and different arenas in our life. Um, how do we know that we're actually hearing from the Word of God? How do we know uh, that it's making sense? How do we know that it's actually clicking? Um, another quote I've stumbled upon this week um, comes from Tozer, A.W. Tozer. Faith comes first to the hearing ear, not to the man who thinks deeply. So faith comes first to the hearing ear, not to a deep thinker. Uh, so what that means is, and what we're going to get to, is we can think all we want to about this. Uh, but hearing comes in and it turns into action. And so a couple things to, before we get started in the scripture. Uh, verse 11 is huge. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. We have to understand the seed is the word of God, because I've heard this te- taught before, and there's a couple different ways you could teach it. Um, some will say that like this, the parable of the sower is us. So when we're throwing the seed, when we're like planting the gospel, we're throwing it out. Sometimes we throw it on hard soil. Sometimes we throw it in thorny. Sometimes we throw it here. Um, and what I've kind of found is that can be um, almost an excuse for not actually sharing the gospel. Well, like I shared it to him one time, he must be hard soil. He's not paying attention to me. I'm not going to share it with him again. Uh, that's not our job. Our job isn't to give up on people because Christ never gave up on us, right? So we can't come at it from that angle. I think the more appropriate angle is to realize that it's us. Um, In our life, in our arena, we have some of these soils everywhere. Um, There's parts of our heart that are super hard to the things of God. There's parts of our heart um, that have just thorns and weeds and growing up all around us at these places we cannot grow. Uh, There's also parts in our heart where there's tons of growth and there's tons of fruit being produced. Uh, But then the last one, there's also parts in our heart where uh, little seed starts to grow and hits the rock and stops. And so our goal for tonight as we analyze these four areas is really ask God, and we're going to ask the same question after after every section, um, where do you relate to this and what passage do you treat this way? So where do you feel like there's growth happening that's being stopped? Where do you feel like there's weeds growing up all around you? Um, specifically, what passage, what scriptures do you believe, do you not believe, have not really taken root in your heart? Uh, all that. So let's pick it up in verse 5. Um, we're going to read the parable and then how he explains it to his disciples. Which sidebar, isn't that comforting that he has to stop and say, uh, I know you don't get it, let me explain it to you. Uh, that's just comforting to me because I can be an idiot and Jesus just keeps teaching. Uh, Verse 5, a sower went to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell among the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. Fast forward to uh, verse 12. The ones of the path of those who have heard, and the devil comes and takes away from their hearts so that they would not believe and be saved. Um, I was watching this YouTube clip. Anyone watch YouTube when they get bored? Okay. Um, Just true confession. Anyone watch fights on YouTube? No? Okay. That's what I was doing. 
um, world star, right? That, I think I saw it on world star. So um, these two girls were like starting to fight, which is really weird. And I probably shouldn't share this, but it was just funny. Two girls started to fight. One girl like put her purse down. And so these girls were going at it. And this guy kind of walks by, sees them fighting, sees the purse. It's like, just keep walking. Like didn't stop, didn't run faster. Like just jacked her purse right in front of her. Uh, but to me, that's the mental image I get when I hear this is because the seed, the word of God falls on the soil and just sits there. Does it do anything? No roots are produced. Nothing goes deeper. Um, and I think that, that that makes sense for us in terms of an unbeliever. Um, their soil is hard. They don't want to know the things of the gospel. They don't want to uh, comprehend. There's no way for the seeds to get down into them. But, but my challenge would be, how, where is that in our life? What area do we just not want to even consider? What scripture are we hard-hearted to um, what things of the Bible do we just not want to comprehend that those roots never get into our hearts? Uh, I'll tell you one that I've just understood to grow as I've got into church culture. Everyone thinks that we want to make disciples, but no one actually wants to do it. And I'm not, I'm not, I hope that doesn't come across an abrasive way. Everyone loves Matthew 28, that we should go and make disciples. But at the end of the day, we don't really want to do it because what it's going to cost our life. And so that seed, when it's thrown out, go and make disciples of all nations, it just kind of hits and it just lands and it doesn't go anywhere because it requires a lot of us. And we're scared and we're worried about what's going to happen. So there's no soil for that, to, that uh, seed to really start developing and the fruit to start growing. Or there's other passages that we could talk about. Uh, but I think a lot of them takes place uh, more from an emotional standpoint uh, than a logical standpoint. Here's what I mean. We'll study scripture, we'll read about passages and say, emotionally, that frustrates me. Emotionally, I don't think that that could be a loving God. Um, emotionally, that there's a pool there that I, like, how could God actually do that? I mentioned a couple weeks ago, uh, we had a friend that just cannot handle the book of Job because what God did to Job. And that was a seed falling on hard soil saying, like, if that really is who God is, I don't want anything to do with him. Because you're coming at it from an emotional standpoint, you're not actually trying to figure out what the text is saying and who the nature and character of God really, truly is. Uh, I have a pastor I look up to, and, and he got to a point in his ministry where he said, listen, um, I know I teach a lot of hard stuff from Scripture, and I will enter into a discussion with you on anything, but I only have one rule, is you have to bring me Scripture. You have to bring me scripture. I'm not going to argue with you um, what your great Aunt Sally thinks about this verse. I'm not going to debate with you what you've always heard or understood uh, this passage or this thing to be. If you want to have a discussion, let's not make an emotional decision. Uh, let's bring it to the text and let the text read us. So I think that's a great illustration to understand that there's some seeds that just land on hard soil and Satan comes in and takes them away because they're not actually taking root. So my question for you is, where do you relate with this and what passages do you treat this way? Where is the hard part in your life, uh, the hard soil where no matter what scripture says right now, it's not permeating into your life? Uh, maybe it's just as simple as this. Maybe you don't really believe God loves you. Maybe because of what you've seen, what you've grown up with, what you've experienced, um, that seed of God loves you, he cares for you, he died for you, this will not develop any kind of roots because your soul is hard because of what you've been going through in your life. So where do you relate with this and what passages do you treat this way? Let's go on to verse 6. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. 
Verse 13, and the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, they fall away. In time of testing, they fall away. Uh, again, just a real world example, not necessarily biblically, how I've seen this play out is really the past four or five years. Um, there's been, and maybe just, I'm just becoming aware to it, but there seems like there's been riots and pickets and all this crazy stuff. Y'all notice this, how crazy it's been? Um, someone makes a mistake, whether it be conscious or unconscious, um, and people freak out about it. And that's a good thing. We should hold people accountable. I'm not trying to argue that we shouldn't. Uh, but what breaks my heart about this is you fight a call super hard for three months, and then you go to the next one. If that you really plug in, like, this is something, this is a hill I'm going to die on for three months. <laughs> and then something else comes up, or you get bored, or you get tired, and you start to change it. So we're not, we're not going to fight for that anymore, because this new thing came up. So we're going to forget about this, and we're going to start pursuing this. Um, one of the things we do every single year, we want to, to continue to get more and more involved with, for us, uh, is just the Lonega Care Center and the abortion rate that takes place in Lonega. For us, we hope that that never turns into uh, something that we believed in for a little while and then we kind of fell away because there's no deep roots. Uh, that's something that we fight for, that we say, hey, no, there's another alternative. We'll help you with that. But for a lot of us, we hear this, and it's kind of one of those, uh, raise your hand if you've ever been to a church camp or like a retreat or Dean Now weekend or something like that. Um, I'm not saying those are bad. I used to be a youth pastor. Those are great. But what we see a lot of times is that student or the family that goes to an event like this, they go to see a third world country, they serve, they observe, they watch the gospel move in a way they've never seen. Um, roots shoot down super quick. And they get home and they're like, we've got to do everything. We've got to tell everyone about Jesus all times. And then two or three months later, it's like, hey, man, how's your walk going with the Lord? Like, well, you know, it's okay. It's, it is like I'll, I'll get to church when I can and I haven't really read my Bible lately, but it's good because I still have this experience that I can stand on. And so then they go to this next experience, this next camp, this next thing. And again, roots shoot down quickly, but hit a rock within the soil. Um, we're trying to plant a little garden in our backyard because Bree and I love to garden. Um, well, really, Bree loves to garden. Um, and we started preparing it last year and I never actually got to planting seed. I apologize. There was so much stinking rock in that soil. It was ridiculous. Nothing would have came up. So uh, I spent days with a tiller trying to get all those rocks out of that soil so we could actually have something that would produce fruit. And it reminds me of Ezekiel 33, 32. It says, and behold, you are, like, or you are to them one who sings lustful songs with a beautiful voice and plays well on an instrument for they hear what you say but they will not do it. So you hear what they say, but they will not do it. So again, the question comes up to, where do you relate to this and what passages do you treat this way? Where in your life have you had an experience or something take place that you had roots develop quickly into the ground, but something for some reason you just stopped growing. There's no maturation. There's no anything. It just stopped. What specific area in your life was that? Or number, or the next one, verse 7. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up, and it choked it. Verse 14. And for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, and as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Their fruit does not mature. And I think this one, from, uh, from what I've seen, this one kind of crushes me the most. 
because you see someone that their roots are diving in deep, that they're actually pursuing the gospel, that they're studying the word, they're applying the word, uh, but there's all sorts of temptations coming from uh, where they used to be or how they used to live. And, uh, they can't seem to shake that crowd that they used to run with or they can't seem to, to get away from this environment that they once ran with. I mean, there's things in their life that just, um, especially within Americanized Christianity, there's things that we want and we start wanting more than we want Christ. And I know for us, one of the things I really had to consider getting into ministry was, um, am I, like, I feel like, and I still feel like, um, I have enough skill in me. I could make a lot of money. I'm just, just being honest. I feel like I can work with people well. I feel like I, I could just have some skills that I can make a decent amount of money. And so through that season, I was having a hard time. There was weeds growing up and choking out my life saying, yeah, but like, isn't money it? Like, don't you just want a bunch of money? Do you really want to serve a church for the rest of your life? Do you really want to go plant churches for the rest of your life? Or do you want to have a bunch of money? Do you want to have a bunch of... And so how quickly does Satan just use these weeds to come around us and to start to choke us out until we're, we're no more? Or how often do we see sins from past or communities or friends from the past come around us and we start to fall away and we start to get choked out because there's nothing you can grow without the sun, right? I mean, if there's shade all around you, you are not growing anymore. So are we getting choked out by the shade that's coming around us? And so... Again, I'll ask the same question. Where do you relate to this and what passages do you treat this way? Where in your spiritual life are you being choked out by the pleasures of the world, the desires of the world, the things that you think you um, not want, but the things you think you deserve, right? That's where the big turn starts to happen. It's not like I want this, but I deserve this. I deserve to be happy. I deserve to this. I deserve to that. And so we start getting choked out by the desires of the world. But there's the fourth soil. And some fell, verse 8, and some fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. Now, a hundredfold is ridiculous. Thirtyfold is good, sixtyfold is great, a hundredfold is unheard of. Verse 15, as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart. And bear fruit with repentance. Now, when we start talking about the, the four different soils, what do you think is the difference between the four soils? I mean, you've got the one that's been plowed, that's producing a ton of fruit. You've got the one on the path. You've got the one uh, with the rocks underneath. And you've got the one with the thorns coming all around it. So if we're trying to be careful of what we hear, and how we hear, what is the big difference between all of those? Anyone know? The attention that's given to them, the plow, right? Could any of these soils be fertile soil with the run of a plow? So the path that was hard because of generations of walking on this path, can I run a plow over this path and turn it into fertile soil? Where all the weeds are coming in, the thorns that are coming in, can I run a plow over this area and turn it into fertile soil? Like I mentioned before, with the rocks in the soil, can I run a plow through this soil and get all the rocks out so that things can grow? So here's where we want to go to. Um, you can't fix yourself. Where the seed's falling on the hard soil, sorry, 
You can't change anything about that. Where the seeds fall into the thorns, there's nothing we could do about that. I know the man that runs the plow, and his name is Jesus Christ. He can do something about that. He can change where we struggle, where we doubt, where we have things choking us out. He can run the plow through those areas of our hearts and create fertile soil within us so that we see a bunch of fruit and a bunch of growth. But I think one of the big areas we have to start, and that's why I ask these questions over and over again, where do you relate to this and what passages do you treat this way? Just a middle image, I've got a thousand acre farm and I have no idea where to start plowing, right? So I'm just going to plow for like maybe 500 feet this way. I'm like, well, I'm going to go that way. I'm going to go to my back 100 acres. And I start plowing a little bit, and then that doesn't bear any. So uh, we have to be specific on the areas of our hearts where we need the plow to run over. Now, is plowing a painful process, right? I mean, you're taking the dirt. You're having uh, a metal plow come through the dirt of your heart and flip it over and get all of that sin get all the distractions, get everything out of your heart. Do you think it's going to be a painful process? But do you think that the producing a hundred fruit or a hundredfold is going to be worth it? Now, he who has ears, let him hear. Verse 18, take care then of how you hear. Uh, I love the, both of these phrases. He who has ears, let him hear. Take care then how you hear. Uh, does everyone have ears? Yeah. He who has ears, let him hear. Seems like a really strange sentence. Take care then of how you hear seems to make a little bit more sense. Um, Did you know that the average household has 4.4 Bibles? In America, the average household has 4.4 Bibles. Uh, As I was thinking about this, I was praying through this. uh, I just YouTubed, because again, that's what y'all pay me to do is just watch YouTube, evidently. I just YouTubed something. uh, And Kyle, can can we play it? Um, this is a group of Chinese people getting Bibles for the very first time. Now, just true confession. Um, you know what that reminded me of for myself? Opening up my last iPhone. Seriously, I rushed into the store to pick it out. I held it, I examined it, I stared at it. I was super careful about peeling off the plastic to make it mine. So as I'm watching that, I'm going, man, like I've literally treated an iPhone, a stupid iPhone, more than I've treated the Word of God. So when we look back at uh, verse 4 or 5, or verse 11, sorry, that the parable is this, the seed is the Word of of God, I think I think we have to be really honest about how how much do we hold the Word of God highly in our life. When we talk about be careful how you hear, pay attention to how you hear. 
if we don't really pay attention to what we're listening to, uh, then hearing turns to be a secondary issue. If, if we don't value the things written in this book, if we don't hold fast to the words that come from the book, um, that automatically proves to us that we're not a good hearer. And I've told the team this a couple times. Uh, Jewish Seminary, preaching uh, almost every single week, there's so many times that this turns into a textbook and something just to write a sermon, but it loses that um, power that it has from the Holy Spirit to really speak into my life. I'm going to spend 10 to 15 hours in this uh, every, on a week on an average sermon. Um, and right now I'm in a New Testament class where like every, every week I'm having to read a, cha- a book of the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, write big reports on it. So I'm in Scripture, but am I really listening or I'm just trying to get a job done? Am I really paying attention to what the Lord is asking me to do? Or am I just making sure I don't stand up here and sound like an idiot? So that's my own deal. What is yours when it comes to Scripture? Be really careful of how you hear from the Word of God. Do we hold this thing as primary in our life? That sentence that the First Lady said, this is what we needed the most. I, I don't know if I would say that, honestly. Someone say, what do you need the most? If we're going to take everything away, what do you need the most? Give me this, and you can take everything else away. And if you can say that, praise God for you. You're, you're way more mature than I am. So studying through this passage and, and getting ready for tonight, take care then of how you hear has kind of been a mantra for me this week. Uh, when, when the Lord brings verses to my mind, those verses are coming to my mind for a purpose. And I don't need to just, just cast them off. Or, yeah, I know, I know. I, I've heard you before. Uh, it's so frustrating to me when people say, hey, uh, pastor, will you, I'm going through this situation. Will you give me a good verse for this situation? I'm like, yeah, how about this? Oh, I've already got that one. What about something else? Oh, no, I've already got that one memorized. What about something else? Like, how much more do you need? Like, if I'm telling you, hey, I'm going through an anxious season, and I say, go memorize Matthew 6, 25 through 34, do not be anxious about anything. Oh, no, I, I've got that one figured out. No, you don't, or else you wouldn't be asking me for a verse. Right? So for us, be careful how you hear. Take care of how you hear. Uh, how, how are we hearing? How are you hearing? And if the word, if the seed is the word of God, how much are we opening it up? Which soil are you? Because I'm telling you, what I'm convinced of, there, there's nothing more than this right here. There's nothing will be. Um, this is it. And I can tell in my life when I've strayed away from the truth and here. So as we start to close tonight, uh, we do this communion every single, su- every single Sunday. Uh, if you're a believer, this is for you. If you're not a believer, uh, we just ask that you would just sit back and let us observe this. Uh, but I just want you to poke, focus on that question and ponder constantly, how am I hearing from God? In which soil am I? How am I hearing from God? In which soil am I? So I'm going to pray, and then we'll open up communion, and we'll continue in worship. Now, Father, thank you so much for your word. Um, God, I, I need to uh, repent and ask for forgiveness for where I treat this thing to be just another book. God, that we know that fruit comes from our lives because of 
your word. So God, tonight would we take care of how we hear? Would we be careful then of how you're speaking to us and and which soil we are, Father? God, because I I want to see something big in my life and in the life of this church. Father, we know that that comes from how we hear your word and how we apply it to our life. So Father, would we be a church that loves your scripture? Would we be a church that loves your word? Would we be the fertile soil? And God, we're asking where we're not. And Father, where we are struggling, where we are the hard soil or the rocky soil or um, the thorny soil, God, we're asking you, would you plow those areas of our hearts? God, we want to know your truth. We want to know your word. We want it to bear fruit in our lives. And so, um, God, where that isn't taking place, would you plow through the soil of our heart and make us fertile once again? Would we hear scripture? Would we hear your worship? Would we hear from you uh, like a fresh new song? God, we want to hear from you. We want to experience you. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us your Holy Spirit inspired word that you didn't leave us here on this earth trying to figure out what we need to do or how we should do it better. God, but you've given us your scriptures so so we can be encouraged and we know that you love us and that you're coming for us again. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.